This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I'm excited, man. I've got Sean Douglas with me. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, my man. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing great as well. Fired up. I'm leaving for vacation tomorrow with my wife and kids. So, you know, I'm getting to be in vacation mode right now, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. Time away. But uh, before I uh, head on vacation, I get to interview you. So I'm excited, man. But uh, so Sean is a retired U.S. Air Force. He's a speaker. He's an author. Um, man, you've got some stories that you're going to share today. So I'm excited for that. Um, but why don't you just, like I do in every show, tell us what has made Sean Douglas the man he is today? Uh, discipline, execution, and scheduling everything. Oh, I got it. You got to schedule it, right? Yeah. If you're not scheduling your success, no one else is either. I like it, man. So you born and raised where? Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. And so mm -hmm. you've got some stories and, um, uh, like I'm no, uh, I'm not shy to dive right in, but you've got some amazing stories that you share with people. And I know you start your speeches off with some of those stories. So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your backstory and what has helped you get where you're at today? Yeah, my backstory is uh, kind of crazy, man. My mom and dad divorced when I was in uh, like kindergarten, first grade. Uh, after that, my mom remarried and we lived up in a alcohol-dominated domestic violence household. Uh. And by the time that I was 18, I lived in 11 different houses and attended eight different schools because we got evicted. We lost the house. We lived with my grandparents for a while. Uh, we were in and out. Of, like we slept in a hotel room once, um, you know, stayed in a hotel for, for a couple of days. It was just, it was nuts, man. It was, and then going back before between my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family, my mom hates my dad's side of the family. My dad's side hates my mom's side of the family. So it was like torn in all kinds of directions. Yeah. And uh, grew up with a lot of anger, grew up with a lot of, uh, of, of pent-up frustrations. And I used to get suspended in detention. And, you know, I was a bad kid, you know. And I watched my mom work, you know, two and three jobs just to support me and my two sisters. Right. And 9-11 happened. I graduated in uh, May of 2001. 9-11 happened. I was working as a warehouse manager at Discount Tire. And 9-11 happened. I quit and I joined the Air Force. And... Uh, Joined on 912. Wow. Left for basic training uh, in November. And you know, that was it, man. We were off and running. And you know, by the time I joined and got through basic training and tech school and all that and arrived uh, overseas, that was my first duty station. I was already overseas and then we went further down range and battled some alcohol issues, battled some adult um, decision issues. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. So did you join the military? Did you always have that plan or is it literally September 11th happened and you said, Hey, let's, let's go join this man and get back to our country. 
Well, my mom and dad divorced because my dad joined the, joined the Air Force. And, okay. you know, my brother-in-law was a Marine. Both of my grandfathers were in the Army during the Korean War. I guess it was kind of always a plan. Like, if all else fails, I guess I could join the military. But right. I never really knew what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to work for somebody. That yeah. I knew. You know, I was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, shoveling snow, trying to make money. Um, whatever I could. Vessels. Rake leaves, shovel snow, mow lawns, anything I could do to make money. Yep. And I got that from my mom. You know, it was, it was more of a survival thing than a, I really want to earn money. It was more of survival. Yep. So in the military, uh, I had built four businesses while serving on active duty. Wow. And what were those yeah. businesses inside the military or just something totally yep. different outside of that? No, inside the military, outside the military. So I was... Basically, my first business I built from 2004 to 2008, I was a DJ, like on the base. Okay. And then, and then I started an entertainment company where I hired out other DJs, videographers, photographers. We produced summits, conferences, events, weddings. Uh, we never did a bar mitzvah. I'm kind of upset about that. But we did a <laughs> quinceanera, done quinceaneras, birthdays, wedding receptions, um, baby showers, like you whatever. A DJ, they, it, you were there. We did it, you know? So then by the time 2008 hit, I was taking over the catering department uh, on one of the Air Force bases that I was stationed at. Wow. I ended up working intimately with them and, and redoing some of their structure and how they produced their own events. And so I got to do that. And then I became a drill instructor from 09 to 13. So I got paid to like scream and yell at people and like <laughs> screw up their lives. It was right. pretty awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I can do this. Right. During that time, my wife and I built an antique and collectible store by buying storage units at auction. Hmm. And then we, we, we bought estate sales, garage sales. We went picking. We, I mean, anything we could do, uh, that's what we did and started making a lot of money doing that. So that was the second business. Got, got rid of both of those. Uh, we had two more children. And then now it's just the podcast, the speaking, coaching, mentoring. And then I just started a clothing line. That's so I'm awesome, very busy. man. Well, good for you. <laughs> entrepreneurial, man. Serial entrepreneur. So talk about that time. I know you're very open about this, um, but you were, you know, laying in a, I think what was it, your bedroom, laying down, and uh, you had a decision to make that night. And uh, so walk our listeners through that because I got a lot of thoughts we'll, we'll talk about after you tell this story. Yeah. Christmas Eve, 2008, I put a gun in my mouth and tried to end my life. Uh, my wife was gone. Kids were gone. The military was kicking me out because I showed up to work drunk. I got charged with an article 112, which in, in, against the UCMJ, Uniform Court of Military Justice, it's uh, drunk on duty. Okay. I was sitting on the floor staring at a mirror. My wife has a stand-up mirror that goes up the wall. And as I'm staring at that mirror, uh, I had a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand and I was just looking at myself. I'm like, I'm just going to end it. Like it was just a split decision. Like I'm just, I'm done, dude. Like, I can't, I can't do this. This, wow. I, I, I can't do this. And so I went into the safe. I grabbed the, I grabbed the weapon and loaded it and went back to the mirror and I was just readying myself. I was just trying to like talk myself into it. You know, like nobody loves you. You ruin everything. I was trying to like talk myself into it. And at that time people had showed up to the house. They had knocked on the door, called my phone. They were, you know, trying to get my attention. Like we haven't heard from you in like a couple of days. You know, what, the, what the heck's going on with you, you know, and, and besides them and a combination of my dad calling me at that precise moment, you know, I was just like, wow. dad, I just I can't do this, man. And he's like, you know, I felt the same way. I've been where you've been. 
You know, he told me, he's like, I've been there, man. I know what you're talking about. I wow. know what that feels like, you know, and to have somebody say that, wait, you know what I'm feeling? Like, wait a right. minute, what? You know, and for my own dad who I don't have a relationship with, I mean, we just don't have that type of relationship. We call each other every once in a while, or maybe we won't call each other. Like, it's whatever, you know? It's not like we're we're best pals. Right. It's not like he's know? normally just calling you to check in and see what's up. Right? Yeah. It's not like he's coming over to the house like, hey, what's up? What's happening? You know, it's like, no, we don't go to, you know, family vacations with the parents. Like, we don't do right. that. Wow. So, well, that's a God thing right there, man, to think about him calling right there. And because uh, that honestly probably was the reason you didn't actually pull the trigger. Right. Yep. So, yep. so how did and, you how did you go from that? You know, so we're going to fast forward because obviously there's a lot of stuff there. But how do you go from that to now? Um, you know, I'm sure there's still moments, right? But I mean, how do you get and pull yourself through the rock bottom? I mean, help our listeners with that. Maybe there's somebody listening right now that is at rock bottom and they need some advice. What's Sean Douglas tell that person? You got to reach out and get help. You can't do it on your own. You're not in a position to. I couldn't do it because I wasn't in the mental state to do it. It was everybody else pulling me through it. I talked to chaplains. They brought me to some chaplains. I talked to them. I was like anti-God at the time. You know, like it's all his fault anyways. Why would I go talk to the, right. to his, why, why, why would I go talk to his minions? Why would right. I do that? Talking to chaplains, talking to mental health, getting some counseling, like working through things that were never worked through before because I was too embarrassed. Like, oh yeah, my childhood was real swell. You know, like always dwelling on what my childhood was and how, everybody else is so successful because they had a better upbringing than me. And like, it's just, I had every excuse in the world after getting mental health counseling, after getting some counseling for my alcohol, after getting counseling from chaplains, uh, you know, mentoring and coaching from my leadership. It was like, it was everything. It was everybody brought me back. It wasn't just, I think I'll be good now. Like it was everybody around me keeping me accountable and pushing me and cheering me on. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's, I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's true no matter what. Even if you're super successful um, and you didn't have maybe those childhood issues or you didn't think about suicide, you still got to have help from lots of people to get where you want to go, right? Whether you're one of the best athletes in the world, they have coaches, right? If you're yep. somebody that was in the position you were in, you got to have a coach and you got to get there. And I think that comes through a lot on this show is the people, you got to invest in yourself, you got to invest the time. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you also got to want it as well, right? So you, you did want something more than that in life. And what was that? What do you think it was that you wanted? I've always said that I want to invent the light bulb or the <laughs> car or the iPhone. And I still believe that I haven't, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've done it. It doesn't feel like I've done it. I feel like I'm the guy who's going to create something that is literally going to change the way we do things. Hmm. I don't know what it is. I, don't, I mean, you know, Colonel Sanders was in his 50s and 60s when he invented Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right. You know, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, Morgan Freeman didn't get his first acting gig until 46, 48. So I have a lot of time to go. I got a half a life to go, three quarters, right. of, a, you know, three quarters of another life to go. Right. Man, there's so many possibilities. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to invent something or create something or do something that is going to change the way positively <laughs> right because because bad things have happened and that's why laws are created that's right <laughs> but uh there's gonna be something that i do that i create 
that is going to change humanity in one way or another. I firmly and, believe that. And how are you spending time on that? Is that something you sit around and think about? Do you strategic think? Do you journal? What, how do you uh, come up with that? Because it's not just going to happen, right? Right, right. So definitely journaling. Yeah. I think about it all the time. I'm always looking out for gaps in the marketplace and where I can fill the void, where I can fill the gap. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, who, who I know, uh, is the founder of Priceline.com. Yep. Sat around and talked at an event that we were, we were both speaking at. And, uh, and what he said, he goes, you have to identify a problem in the marketplace, learn everything about, about the industry that, that you want to solve it in, and then execute. And that's what he did. And he, he created the kiosks that are in the airport. Mm. He then took the same concept during the dot-com era and, and created Priceline.com because, well, I'm, I'm missing flights. Right. What can I do? She can't be the only one. What can I do? Hmm. So he created the kiosk, software, all that stuff. People came in. He's like, we should just be able to do it ourselves. Boom. Essentially got rid of the, of the booking agent or, or you know, whatever. Then he said, well, if I can do it at the airport, I'm sure we could do it at home, partner with hotels and all kinds of airlines or whatever, and then change the face of how we do business. You know, we don't, we don't ever, you ever seen the movies? They're like, I need a flight to LA. They're like, sorry, sir, we're booked. Right. Oh oh, God. (laughs) It doesn't work that way anymore. Right. You just go online and boom, it's done. And it was because of the kiosk back in the eighties. I think he said it was the eighties or whatever. And he said, the only way that I did it was that I solved a problem inside of a typical, inside of a specific industry. It was a typical problem. People missed their flights because that person is having to check in everybody. So I've always found a way that can that be improved? Can that be better? And so I'm on the lookout for the next big thing, whatever that is. And hopefully I can fix it. I like it. So I just had the founder of Lululemon on uh, a few weeks oh. ago. And, you know, this dude's, you know, a billionaire in his own right. Yes. Uh, you know, started this brand that's kind of a craze in, in America, in, in the world probably. But, you know, he said, and it was something that really stuck with me. He said, when I hear something three times in the same week, I know I need to go research it. Right. Yep. And so he heard something about yoga and mindfulness and all this stuff three times in one week. And that's why he started Lululemon. And now you look at what it was. And so, you know, again, he, he had three or four companies beforehand as well. They were, you know, somewhat successful, but then he just found something, right? Found it in the marketplace and grew it and built it to what it is today. Took it public and, you know, uh, oh, yeah. rode off the sunset. So it's amazing. Um, it's amazing what you can do once you're in line with your divine purpose, whatever that means, the universal purpose, whatever it is. I know people that have many, 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 many failed businesses. And the one deciding factor of that particular business, Uber, Apple, you can look at anything. Yep. The one deciding factor that made that company successful, it was in line with what they were creating, the problem they were solving, and the marketplace receiving it. They've tried forever to make VR super affordable and everybody should have one, but the marketplace doesn't care. In five years, it may change. We're not there yet. In time, and all in time, you will create so whatever which is in your divine purpose yep. and i've worked with people over and over again they're like it's just failing it's not I'm like maybe you need to stop doing it right. maybe there's something else that you want to do and you know what they tell me yeah i'm not truly in love with it it's just something that i just felt like i needed to do I'm like yeah. okay 
but do you love doing it? They're like, not really. I'm like, well, what do you love doing? Oh, I really love this. Well, then let's create that. Boom. Big business. Yep. So you talk don't to us what you do, then don't do it. Talk to us about those self-defeating behaviors. I know you've got your book, obviously, um, and, and I think that's important. Talk about that, but also just talk about what are those behaviors that we're doing that are self-defeating? Yep. Self-defeating behaviors are any sort of behavior that you display that holds you back from your success. It's not your spouse's or your kid's or anybody else's behavior. It's your behavior, and it's triggered by your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about that particular situation. Your decision-making process is based on your internal thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And we see it play out in every sort of way in religion, politics, everyday, society, life, business, whatever. Your feeling about that situation is determined or reflected by your internal thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And a lot of times, those get in the way. Like on social media going, if you don't believe this, then you just unfriend me right now. Right. Okay. Right. I, I can unfriend you because you're not tolerable to anybody else's beliefs. Yep. So I'll just unfriend you. Cool. See ya. Bye. Like, doesn't matter to me. Right. The problem that people have is that they get so wrapped up in what they believe and what they hold to be true that they're blinded to anybody else's opinion or belief or thought about that particular situation. Nope, you're wrong. Nope. Well, facts kind of prove it. Nope, nope, I believe it. Nope, facts. Yeah. I don't care. Nope, I believe it. And that's why we see a lot of the, the fighting and the unfriending and the, you know, all that div divisiveness. That's a self-defeating behavior. When you let your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs override and fuel your behavior, positive or negative, right. it can hold you back. What I tell people is that it's okay to live your brand, which means to live out the core values, which means to live your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. It's okay to do that. At the same time, if you're not acknowledging or accepting that there are other ways of thinking within the confines of the law, you can't say, well, murder's cool. Like, that doesn't right. work that way. Right. A lot of times we see like, well, I'm just having three beers. It's fine. Well, how about you have none? No, no, no. I'm going to have four this time or maybe six or maybe I don't, I don't drink just to like get drunk. I drink to have fun. Sure. I feel like there's a self-defeating behavior there that yep. you think it's okay to right? Yeah. But other people see a problem. If you're not open to new ideas and new possibilities, you have a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is the catalyst for all self-defeating behaviors. Okay. If you're not willing to take in any new information or welcome someone's opinion about your life in general, then you have a fixed mindset. I know people that are like, hey, um, can I offer you some advice about your parenting? I'm like, I guess. They're like, I would do it this way only because I have a daughter that, you know, whatever. There's a way to do that and a way to go, uh, your parenting style like really sucks. Like you shouldn't right. treat it like that. And everybody goes, I don't care what you think and I don't care about your opinion and get all super defensive. Yep. There's a tactful way because you're friends. Like, look, look Brett, man, uh, we're really good friends, but your work ethic at work dude, come on, man. Instead of saying, Brett, you suck. What the fuck? Oh, right. Come on. Right? Right. So there's a little bit of tack that has to go into that. But all it means is that those self-defeating behaviors of the negativity, your internal thoughts, your fixed mindset, you know, your belief about the situation, it holds you back from growing. Yep. No, and it's, it's also your response, right? I mean, if, if you get the bad news and, and you don't like it and a lot of people will just give up, give in, do whatever. But those that are very, very successful, they bounce back very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Absolutely, man. Their resilience is second to none. And they're always moving forward no matter what. Always moving forward. I agree. So talk to us about how we turn off the noise and, and whatever the noise is for those listening versus watching is, is you know, it's email, it's, uh, it's calendar events, it's, it's phone calls you got to return, whatever it may be. Um, how do we turn off the noise and be super productive with our time right now and not let that stuff get in the way? Number one rule of success, schedule everything. Yep. And I don't mean schedule, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Go to the grocery store and get milk. Go to the grocery store and get milk. Cool, got it. Like, like I mean, obviously that has to happen. Just find a time to, right? What I'm talking about is schedule the time that you're on email. Yep. Schedule, just put errands or self time or whatever, yep. right? I don't disagree with that. Right. But the difference that I tell people to do is base it on your energy, not on your time. Time is 24 hours. You can't get any more. And if you waste it, right. boo on you. What I tell people to do is schedule according to your energy level. If you're not a morning person, then schedule all your easy stuff in the morning so that you're not wasting energy. Hmm. You don't even have energy. You, don't, you literally do not have the energy at six or seven or eight o'clock in the morning. Right. You're an afternoon person. Maybe you're super energetic at 4 p.m. or 8 p.m. or you're a night owl. You're super productive at night. Then schedule all your hard tasks during your peak energy state and schedule all your minuscule tasks like going to the grocery store and getting milk right. during your low moments. Most of the time, we're just like, okay, I got these five things to do. I'm going to schedule it here and hope it works. Schedule it according to your energy level. Then you become more productive. When you capitalize on your strengths and you schedule your tasks according to your strengths, science and facts and everything that you want to find out about productivity and efficiency, 36% more, pro more productive hmm. when you schedule it according to your strengths and your energy. I like that. I like that. Schedule it to your energy. So what are your habits and rituals? Sean Douglas, these are the no-miss items that you got to do every single day. What are they? The first five minutes of my morning is absolutely crucial. My wife would tell me, she's like, I can't believe you just grab your phone when you wake up. Okay, but I'm more self-aware that this phone is not going to drive me into negativity. Right. The first five minutes that I wake up has to be some kind of a meditation, some kind of a focused habit, whatever it's going to be. So before I go to bed, I schedule my morning. Yep. The last thing I do before I go to sleep is I check my calendar. Let's say that my first task is 8 a.m. Yep. First task, I have to be in a meeting at 8 a.m., let's just say. I'm going to wake up at 6.30. What am I doing from 6.30 to 6.35? Meditating. Scheduled. That is scheduled. Everything else is just go in, take a shower, got to do this, got to do this, brush your teeth. Like, I'm not going to schedule brush teeth, 30 right. seconds, two minutes, you know, floss, 30 seconds. Like, I'm not doing that. Right. It's whatever my morning routine is. But my first five minutes, I have to prime myself for the day. I sit at the end of my bed. I literally sit at the end of my bed, close my eyes, and I watch my movie of my life of that day play out. I literally am visualizing myself sitting at the end of the bed, and then I'm getting up, getting dressed, getting whatever my morning routine is, getting in the car, driving, shaking hands, meetings, this guy, phone calls, emails, social, client, speaking, whatever it is that I'm doing that day, it's all in the first five minutes and I'm running through my mind what I have to do that day. Yep. 
and then I go and execute. So yeah, do you think there's a better chance of you succeeding if you do that or a worse chance? Oh, obvious, I've already, right? I've already done it. I've already done it yeah. to me. To me, I'm just playing it out because I, because I've already done it. Right. Yeah. You um, already saw us talking today. You saw that this 100%. morning. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I already yeah. knew I was okay. And I already told the wife, I said, Hey, look, man, three 30, I got this, I got this. We got to rush home. We got, I mean, I got back to back to back to back. I got my show. I got a show right after my show. Like I'm stacked. Right. Hey, and I'm just running down my calendar. She's like, what? I'm like, put it in your calendar. Know right. what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? And she's like, okay, I gotta go. If this zoom dies, I know exactly what's going to happen. And then lights out. <laughs> oh man. I'm not even joking. You got some like, power. You went lights out. I'm like, so if the editing comes back here, we're going to get this thing fixed out, but we just had a little air here. And uh, literally why he says, if the Zoom thing dies, you've already figured out in your visualization for the day of what you're going to do. And my Zoom died. I automatically, what I did was, it, and it was so crazy how it worked out, is we weren't connected on Facebook. We were connected on LinkedIn. That's right. 20 minutes before the show, your friend requested me on Facebook. I then, had, I then had the Facebook Messenger up and ready to go with you on my phone. Yeah, it happened pretty quick. And, and, and I lost you. I hit lost you. Well, that's why. I don't like even know immediately when it happened. Immediately when it happened, because I, I already had you pulled up you know, on the Messenger. Right, right. Ready to go. It was already ready to go. And so when I lost you, I put lost you send and you're like, yep, died. Yeah. Like it was, it was instantaneous. Nobody, well, I wasn't, I wasn't freaked out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I was, I was like, out, but I was like, just, you know, like, no, way this happened, right? no way this happened. So, 136 yeah, guests. This has never happened. So. Yeah. So, so basically, um, you know, I already had things lined up that I was doing. I was already pre sending messages. Right. I had a bunch of text messages I needed to send anyways. Um, I was already messaging you going, is everything okay? Like, you know, it's already had a plan. Like I already had time blocked out in case we needed to push a little bit further down the road or we need to, you know, finish or whatever. Like I've already got contingencies upon everything. That's awesome. So okay. do you think that learning came from military? Is that something you've learned? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. You gotta be flexible. Yeah. You gotta be. I've been told, I've been told yes and no on the same, on the same task at least 11 times in a day. Hey, we're not doing that. We're going to push it up. No, no, no. We're going to do it. Go ahead and start it. Hey, stop what you're doing. We're not going to do that today. They're going to push it till two days from now. Oh, I know that you're cleaned up. I know what I said earlier. Just keep on pressing. Just keep on doing it. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to push it. Nope, we're not going to. Yeah. It's like, and you just start and stop as many roll. times as you need to. And you just, you just roll, man, and be flexible. And you learn patience in the military. Yeah. I have a very special set of skills. I can wait around for hours for no reason. Hmm. <laughs> you're like yep done that <laughs> I, and every veteran, for nothing. every veteran that is listening to this show is laughing right now because they know exactly what i'm talking about i can literally wait around for nothing, for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good patience to have i don't have that i don't i do not have that um right. so talk to us about the fears the fears you've put in your mind how many of those fears blew up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be when just ever like i'm sure whether it's business oh, or it's military okay. like i don't have fears so no fears i have zero fears now and i haven't for for a while that's beautiful before i was a catastrophizer okay 
if that computer died, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm not gonna finish the episode. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, my guest is gonna what is what's gonna happen? The editor and and like everything has now been like, you know, like <laughs> like cat nine, you yeah. know, like yep. elevated to the highest threat possible. Like we're in DEFCON Delta, you know, <laughs> like we are like like buzzers and, and lights are going off in my yeah. brain and I'm freaking out. That's immediately zero to 10. That's how I live my life. And even then, and those though, those could, when you ca- catastrophize it, how many of them actually blew up to the magnitude you put it in your mind to be though? None. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe, well, my house did burn down, but maybe, maybe one, the house burning down, maybe two, but even that, I would assume you, you know, probably didn't put that fear in your mind before. Like, you know, you want to sit around like every day like, oh, I hope my house doesn't burn down. Like, you just don't think that, yeah. right? My only fear in life right now, okay? And, and I know I, I, mean, I don't have any fears. Like, like, I don't have any fears. But something that I'm very cognizant of is of my children. Yep. And like when we're walking in a parking lot, like I'm very situationally aware that my kids could hit by a car at any moment crossing the street or in like when we're in the car, like when I'm around my children, I am on hyper alert, like on a convoy in the desert, hyper alert. Right. You know, I don't know. It's just survival. It's true. I mean, I I see uh, what you, what you don't see behind me. If I went that way and showed you my window, uh, Scott air force base, you've probably heard of Scott air force base. Yeah. Scott air force base is probably five miles from where I'm working right now. So lots of friends in the air force and, and that's one thing you see from them, man. If you're, you know, we go to a St. Louis Cardinal game, they may be like, they're looking behind buildings. They're looking mm-hmm. for things like things that I'm not even thinking about. That's the way you guys are trained. And that's what they're looking for. So completely different. Oh yeah. Completely situation to the where my, my wife will, will like, she has to, um, and it's not often, but there's times in like really crowded places. Like if we go to New York, we go, you know, somewhere, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll grab my shoulder, you know, she's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, fine. Yeah, totally fine. You don't, you don't look like you're okay, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm like, I'm like very, and then when she, because what happens is she sees me locked in, I'll yeah. be looking around, scanning, scanning, but if I'm locked in, you know, she's like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, yep, I'm fine. She goes, you haven't taken their eyes off that guy. Yeah. I'm like, hold on. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. I'm assessing, you know, because right. some people, dude, I'm not, you ever, right. you, ever, you ever met somebody where like, there's something, can't put my finger on it, but there's. Yeah there's something and then it comes, it turns out to be true. Uh, you found out something later on or they actually yeah. did something like, I right. think like, I think this guy's going to fight this other guy. I'm not quite sure. Oh my God. He hit him. Holy God. <laughs> right? Like, right. Like you're like, Oh my God, there's about to be an accident. There's going to be, yeah. Oh, there's an accident. Yeah. You just, for that split second, you're like, that's not right. And then it happened. Yep. Yeah. I assess yeah. and I'm very situationally aware, but that's my only fear. You know, that's my only fear when I'm with the wife and kids, very situationally aware of what's happening around me. So how do you define success? What's that mean to you right now? My, I love this question. I can't even tell you how much I love this question. (laughs) It's good. I didn't know that. Number one, there is no success when there's failure in the home. Period. The end. We can all go home now. Yeah. There is no success when failure in the home. Success is very subjective. It's the only subjectiveness that we are subjected to every single day when people talk about success. My level of success is completely different than yours. Just because I'm not a millionaire doesn't mean I'm not successful. Just because I built two six-figure businesses and my other two are going to get there, I'm almost, my third one's like almost there. 
just because I didn't build a six-figure business in a year doesn't mean that I'm not successful or that I'm going to be successful. My definition of success is that when I go to sleep at night and I'm very happy with what I've accomplished and I'm very happy that I have what I have and I'm very grateful and the people around me don't hate me, I'm successful. I love that, man. I always say that the definition of success is whatever that person I'm setting with definition of success is. That's my definition with that person. But I, I agree, man. It doesn't matter how much money you got, what, what you've done, but your wife and kids hate you. Uh, man, it doesn't matter what business success you have at all. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know how many people I know that look very successful on Facebook yeah. and very successful when you meet them in person, but you go home and they like smack their kids or smack their yep. wife or they uh, have an alcohol problem or a cocaine problem or they pretend like I've got 11 clients and they're like broke and they're right. Let me, let me just, let me just say this. Do you know how many people on Facebook and social media have a business? but they have a job. Yeah. Astoundingly. Yeah. A lot of people. I had lunch with somebody a month ago and I was like, man, you're so successful. Like, man, your content is on point. Your videos are amazing. Like you're just at another level, man. And then at the end, towards the end, he's like, man, I got to get going, man. I got another appointment. I'm like, yeah, man, it's awesome. We guys like, yeah, I got some work, man. I'm like, yeah, I gotta go check a couple of emails. He's like, no, like I have a job. I'm like what? Hmm. He's like, Dude, I got a job. Like I have a job. Well, I thought you were an entrepreneur. Like I thought, like I thought you had a job. Well, I mean, I mean, I am. I mean, I, I mean, I work my. Uh, so it's a side hustle. Well, I mean, it's split between the two. Like I work like seven, eight hours a day here. I work seven, eight hours a day there. So it's like a long sixteen-hour day. And like, it completely changed how I saw that person. Yeah, hundred percent. I had you pegged up to be the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. Yep. But you have a job interesting how I felt about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I'm astounded at how many people I find out have jobs, but they're, but they're on social media talking about how big of an entrepreneur they are. Yep. So right? I mean, the, like, I know people who are in the military that have side hustles, right? But just say you got a side hustle. But just, yeah. And, and yeah, I got a side, like, this is what I do. Like, this is when I'm not serving. This is what I do. You know, awesome. But so, uh, what, what, if I took your phone from you today and you said, besides maybe emails, you got to run that for business. What's the one app on your phone that I could not delete that you could not live without any of them? Nope. No, you kill cool? you. No, nothing. So no game changers for your business or helps you run your life a little bit more efficiently. I have systems that back up my systems that back up my systems with a checklist. <laughs> I like it. I like it. There's What's no the way. one book? If I, if I, if I lost my phone, you know, there's, there, there's nothing on the phone because everything's backed up by Google drive yep. backed up by Dropbox. Yep. So if I lost the phone, I could just go to my Google drive and go to my Dropbox and access what I need to access. Yep. The apps that are on the phone. I mean, there's really literally I'm like, I'm scrolling through my apps as we talk. There's nothing on my, and that's a very amazing question. And, and I feel really good about that. Yeah. That, that, there's nothing like I can't not have the, like I'm not confined to this to this one app, man. I just I'm looking at all my apps. I mean, Facebook I can I can access from a desktop and LinkedIn and all the all the socials, PayPal I can right. do it from a website. Um, there's literally nothing on my apps that I can't access from a website. 
Yep. That, that I like, I love that. That's an amazing feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, it. I asked the question a lot, but I don't ever think about it myself, but you're right. I mean, there's nothing, uh, you know, other than maybe the email, but I've even gotten away from email right now. And, and, uh, thankfully some of my team and my, a lot of my teammates are helping handle that stuff. So, um, so kind of last few questions here. I mean, yeah, what's, what's the one book? I mean, besides your own book, what's the, uh, what's that one book that you go to or you'd recommend to somebody? I cannot literally recommend this book enough. And if you don't buy it, um, come talk to me after the show and I will pray for you. <laughs> this book is titled play bigger, play bigger by Christopher Lockhead. Okay. The book is about how pirates, dreamers, and innovators create and dominate markets. There's a lot of wealth books out there. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Right. The Millionaire Next Door. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The Richest Man in Babylon. All these, all these books. Right? Yep. The one book that I will confidently and put my reputation on the line and say that it will change your life, your hmm. wealth, your business, your life, your wealth, your business is Play Bigger. It completely did a 180 from how I looked at business and how I see things in the marketplace. It completely Man. changed. And I had been an entrepreneur since 04. I read this book in 2017. Okay. Completely changed how I felt and thought about business. Well, I got everybody go right it, now. You're pretty passionate about it. I, listen, if, you, if this book doesn't change your life, you can guarantee that you'll get a $50 check in the mail from me. I like it. Because this book literally has changed lives. And I don't know anybody who hasn't read this book and go, I've been doing everything wrong. <laughs> I'm not even joking. When you read yeah. this book, you're like, what? The, I was mad that I didn't have this book back in 2004 when I first yeah. started. Yeah. I'd have been a lot farther along than I was. Awesome. So Play Bigger by Chris Lockhead. Yeah, um, Christopher Lockhead. He's got a show called Follow Your Difference podcast called Follow Your Different. Okay. The amazing show. So what, uh, what's that one piece of advice if you could give Sean Douglas, say 15 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, what's the advice you'd give that guy? Did I have to give me or did I just so give You got to give yourself, man. Just like kind of looking back like, gosh, I wish I would have. Looking back, like it's never sure. going to be as bad as we think it is. What is that? Stay away from her. Huh. <laughs> That's it, man. Right. Stay away from her. Yeah. There's probably a lot so, of questions there, so we'll leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, maybe we'll go there. Maybe we won't. That's all right. Uh, yeah, last thing I'll ask you here. Decisions in my life, man, that, that, yeah. and that was that was a catalyst for a lot of bad decisions. That relationship yeah. was a lot of bad decisions. So just stay away from her. That that uh, helped with the house burning down, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have helped a lot. Yeah. So. Um, Last question for you. I give you 10 million bucks. You can't pay off any debts. You can't invest it and you can't donate it. What are you doing with the 10 million bucks? I can't donate it. I cannot invest it. And I cannot pay off donate, invest, or pay off any debts. Because yeah. those are the things you'd say, right? Well, I'm a, you know, you'd be like, Mother Teresa, you're going to go change the world. Well, that doesn't, that's not as fun to talk about. Because of course, you're going to do that stuff. You're going to donate plenty of money. Uh, but what are you going to do with the 10 million bucks? What's life? Do I, uh, do I have to accept it? Yeah. Oh, I have to accept it. Because you would just, then we wouldn't have anything else to talk about right now. 
<laughs> if I, if you gave me $10 million, you wrote me a check and I had $10 million, say I had cash or whatever, $10 million and I can't invest it in Google or Apple or Amazon. I can't donate it and I can't pay off any debts. The first thing I would do is I would, I would call up Tony Robbins because his fee is $1 million to, to coach for a year. Yeah. I would immediately pay $1 million to Tony Robbins. And after a year of coaching, I would immediately walk over to, to VaynerMedia and I would pay Gary Vaynerchuk $1 million to intern as his assistant for six months. Huh. I like that. Then, I've never heard I would, that. I would put the rest in a savings account because what I will learn from Tony and what I will learn from Gary Vaynerchuk will quadruple any amount of money that I would ever invest in. Yep. It's amazing what they both have done, isn't it? I mean, Vaynerchuk's just the empire that guy's built and, and just, it's crazy. My investment is a lot different than what typical investment. You can't invest in Google, you can't invest in Facebook. Fine, I'm going to invest in myself then. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to invest in myself and I'm going to pay Tony Robbins $1 million. Yeah. I'm going to pay, I'll, I'll walk over to Gary Vaynerchuk, like, I will give you $1 million to let me be your assistant for six months. Yeah. I want to follow you around. I want to know everything that you're doing. I want to see all your behind the scenes. I want to see all your processes. I want to know everything that you do. I'll give yeah. you $1 million. Yeah. He probably will say no. He'll probably say no. Right. But yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like. At least hey, you got to try. Right? You got to try. Uh, but that's what I would do. They'll be the top two guys. Uh, if I had to pick a third guy, it would be probably like Simon Sinek or um, like Jeff Hoffman. Yep. Or another like billionaire. Yep. You know, Elon Musk. Like I, I want to learn from the guys who are at the top. That, that's what I want to do. Yep. Like I want to buy my way to the top. That's exactly what I do. And the knowledge that I would have from being around those people would astronomically propel me forward than any other tactic that I could use. Yep. I love that answer, man. Nice work. So where can my uh, listeners, where can our listeners find more of Sean Douglas? But the website is The Success Core, like Marine Corps, C-O-R-P-S, The Success Core. And I'm all over Facebook, LinkedIn, and I'm a little bit on Instagram. Uh, just send me a message, send me an email at Sean, S-E-A-N, Sean at thesuccesscore.com. Let them know, let me know. Uh, that you heard Brett and Sean talking on the Circuits of Success. I and like let it. us know what your big takeaway was from the show. And I uh, would love to have a conversation with you. I love it, man. You're a quick responder too. I mean, I sent you a, a message on LinkedIn. That's how we connected. And it's just boom, boom, boom. And I think, you know, people that are passionate about what they're doing and love giving back. And, uh, you know, I think it's cool to see how fast this happened and, and here we are and connected. So even yeah, with some technical difficulties, man, we, we made it happen. Right. Either make it happen or make excuses why it didn't happen. That's it's right. Your choice. That's right, man. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for being with me today on the Circuit of Success. It was great having you and appreciate your time. Thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.